Yeah, it's um, it's interesting that today in the Parsha Shemini, we'll talk about a um, a very terrible incident that took place in the middle of a great celebration. That's the uh, basic um, description that we learned at the beginning of the Parsha. First, it talks about the major celebration. Uh, the celebration was a connection that they finally built the uh, Mishkan, they built the sanctuary. Um, it took seven days, they inaugurated it, but it wasn't the eighth day. The Parsha begins, Hashmini. it wasn't the eighth day. Now, um, eighth day, and everybody's getting together, and they're waiting for the Divine Presence to uh, to come down. How, how, how are they going to see the divine presence in the uh, sanctuary. What's going to be the sign? They were looking for a sign for the divine presence. And um, they went and did. Hashem gave, God told them all the various different things that they need to do. And they did all the different things. They brought offerings and they brought, uh, uh, they sprinkled the blood. They did a whole, uh, they did a whole procedure. And yet, um, it um, it didn't um, didn't happen. So then, eventually, the verse says that uh, after they went into Moshe Rabbeinu, went together with Aaron into the uh, the sanctuary, and they prayed. And, you know, the whole thing. Rashi has a whole explanation over there how what they prayed exactly. But the bottom line is, when they came out, it says that a fire came out from before Hashem. And it ate up all these sacrifices. So this was a miraculous and pointed to the presence of the divine that a fire came out from from above that consumed all the sacrifices that were on the Mizbeach. And that was the Vatei Tzayesh. And that was People saw it, and they praised Hashem, they praised Hashem, they were all excited. Now, this is the first two sections Rishon and Sheni talk about. Today, all of a sudden, it switches to something negative, a tragedy. Aaron, who was the Kohen Gadol, he was the brother of Moshe Rabbeinu, he had four sons. And they were all being trained to be the Kohanim. You have a Kohen Gadol, that's the high priest. And then you have anybody from the seed of Aaron as a priest, as a Kohen. So these four were all trained to be Kohanim. And then the verse states that uh, these two sons of Aaron uh, came close. They took their pans, each one of them, they put incense. Now there was a service in the Mizbeach that the Kohen Gadol would do, which he would bring incense on the uh, Mizbeach inside of the sanctuary. There was the big Mizbeach which stood in the courtyard, mm-hmm. and then there was a smaller one in which they used to bring incense, you know, every day. Uh, they used to bring incense on that Mizbeach. And the sons of Aaron took their pan, they took Katarus, 
and they brought it in into the oil mayat. They brought it in there into the sanctuary, to the oil mayat. So then it says, a fire came out from Hashem, and it consumed them. It consumed the two sons of Aaron. Now, it seems like it was a terrible tragedy, and uh, you know these were special children. And then Moshe Rabbeinu was comforting him and is saying that you know when Hashem punishes even those people that are close to Him, Hashem becomes glorified because people say that Hashem is fair to everybody. In any event. Um, um, this was yeah, Aaron accepted it but Yidim Aaron, he was quiet he accepted it and they moved on the verse goes on telling you the rest of the story the very simple context when you read it it seems like the verse says that they brought a fire that Hashem did not instruct them. So in other words, they basically had no right to go in, simple me, they had no right to go into the Beis HaMikdash and bring an offering which Hashem didn't tell them. It was considered to be, as the verse says, an age zora, a strange fire, a fire which Hashem didn't tell them. Didn't, didn't, uh... but the Rebbe says, but for somehow the same exact words that are used for this great revelation that took place um, that the divine presence came down, that same exact language is used over here to say that the sons died. Somehow it almost seems, and this is what the Rabbi brings down, uh, it almost seems that this fire that came down, even though they died from that fire, but the fire in itself wasn't really a negative thing. It was something that they did, and something happened over here. And Rashi says, Rashi says there are two other things that happened. He brings down two commentaries. He says there wasn't a problem that they weren't commanded. That wasn't the problem. He said there was two other possible problems. Was here. One problem, Rashi says, is Rebelezer says, because the reason that they, 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 they died was not for the actual sacrifice, is because they were there in the presence of Moshe Rabbeinu, in the presence of Aaron, and yet, in front of Moshe Rabbeinu, Rashi specific talks about Moshe Rabbeinu, is specifically in front of Moshe Rabbeinu, they went and they brought a uh, brought an offering. So, notwithstanding, that Rebbe says, a lot of times people do something, but they show a disrespect. This was a disrespect to Moshe Rabbeinu. To go ahead and rule and to say, we're going to do something, we're going to bring the Ketoris, that was a disrespect to uh, to Moshe Rabbeinu. And therefore, 
because of that is uh, that is why they actually died because of, but the actual bringing the katoris, bringing the incense that they brought inside the Mizbeach, that in of itself did not really do anything bad, on the contrary it was a Tetzayesh, a fire came from Hashem this was the presence of Hashem but the fact that they did it in a way that was disrespectful to Moshe that was the problem so if you look carefully in the language is the verse says they brought a strange fire that he did not command them so the emphasis is on them which means it wasn't their job to go ahead and bring the Katoris. They they're supposed to leave this for Aaron, they're supposed to leave it for the person who has to bring the Katoris. So, in essence, they didn't really do such a terrible thing. They didn't do such a terrible thing, really, because it seems like the actual Katoris, this was something, but they weren't supposed to do it. And they went and they jumped and they did something that wasn't their job. And that was sort of an offense to uh, to Moshe Rabbeinu. That was the problem over there. So. An offense to Moshe huh? or offense to Aaron? Who was supposed to bring that? I think it was more offense to Moshe. Aaron was supposed to bring that because it was offense to Aaron. Yeah, technically it was an offense to Aaron. Supposed to both. But only, but Aaron had to actually bring that sacrifice. That no, he would have brought it. He would have brought it, and he should have brought it later. It wasn't their job, and they went and they took it on their own. Do we know they took why? it on themselves. What? Do we know why they took it upon themselves? Well, so it's explained uh, that they wanted to be at that level. They they, they felt this was a very special service. They felt service. they were ready before they were And they were, yeah. It was a very special service, so they wanted to go ahead and do it, you know, even though it wasn't theirs, you know, it's like somebody grabbing to do something, you know, there's a lot of people, you have to wait your turn, or you have to do what you're supposed to do, and they didn't want to wait their turn. Uh, actually, it's explained that this is a very special service of the Ketoris to be with Hashem, this was like a close to Hashem, Korvosom, so they wanted to, but it wasn't their time, and it wasn't their, their place to do that. But it's still a little, I mean, it, 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 in that case, it seems like, why would they still elicit the divine, the fire from Hashem to come down? The positive, we're saying, if it came through such a negative way. So Rashi gives another interpretation. The other interpretation is they were actually drunk when they entered into the uh, into the temple. Now, Rashi says, you see the verse later on, all of a sudden God says to Aaron, to Moshe, he says to Aaron, that don't go in drunk into the temple. Why all of a sudden? That means... Okay. So, therefore, it seems like they weren't even they weren't even told 
they weren't even told that they're not allowed to go in drunk. Because it only came later on, it says. But Rashi brings down from the uh, Medrash, it says over there, that there was once a, an attendant who was really a family member in the house of his master. He was like very, very... And one day, you know, uh, uh, they caught him hanging around the places where he shouldn't be, you know, where Bob Kraft goes. He, they caught him going around in, 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 in places where he shouldn't be. Kid, the king, the, the master went, the king went, he was the king, and he killed him, but nobody knew why, because nobody knew. So he brings in another attendant to take his place, and now he tells him, make sure you don't go to these places, those are not places where I want you to be. So you see clearly from this example, so now we know why he killed the first one, because now he's saying, don't go there, so we know he killed So you see clearly from this example that the first one wasn't told. Mm-hmm. So why did the king punish him so badly if he wasn't told? And the answer is because it says he was a family member. There are certain things you don't have to be told. There are certain things by your level you should know on your own that you shouldn't do that. So even though there wasn't Going into the Mikdash intoxicated for the sons of Aaron, even though they weren't yet commanded, that's not something which um, which they should do. And um, and what Rashi is basically uh, how the Rebbe explains what the verse says, according to this interpretation, is Hashem did not tell them, which means in your state, in the state that they were in a state of drunkenness, in a state of that state, Hashem didn't command you not, don't bring, don't go into the temple and bring a korban and go into the Beis Hamikdash while you're intoxicated. You are not, which means other people who are not in that state, okay, they can bring the korban, that's not a problem. So that hints to this, that uh, this was the uh, uh, this was the, uh, the, the, the so there's these two uh, these two ideas uh, whether it wasn't but we're, 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 it wasn't that they just did something terrible I mean they, they did bring down the Shekhinah of Atetzeyesh it was a fire that came out but either because they spoke in front of Moshe uh, and that was the problem or because they were intoxicated and both of them the actual bringing of the uh, going in the Ketoris wasn't like such a bad thing, it wasn't a terrible thing so the Rebbe also discusses the idea over here why does Rashi choose to say um, why does Rashi choose to say that they disrespected Moshe but essentially they also disrespected their father and it was Aaron's job first of all he was supposed to do it. And second of all, Aaron was not only a teacher, he was the father. And a father and a teacher, and his work is actually more than just a teacher. So why does Rashi just say disrespected Moshe Rabbeinu? And the Rebbe talks about the Seder, like there's halacha that people 
need to lean, but if there is a teacher at the table, then you don't lean, it's a disrespect. Unless you get special permission from the teacher, because otherwise, we're saying that, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't allow it, it would be disrespectful, so you must get special permission. But by a son, with the father by the table, you don't have to get permission. Over there, everybody has to lean. Why? Because the assumption is, a father, his son, forgives. Or that, but we don't know. But a father for the son, he'll, he'll allow him to. That's the assumption. So therefore, the Rebbe explains, so for Aaron, it wasn't such a bad, terrible thing. So even though his kid wasn't told that he went in there, it wasn't like so offensive to Aaron, because Aaron would forgive him. But as far as Moshe Rabbeinu, it was a different story. They shouldn't do that. Front of Moshe Rabbeinu going ahead and taking themselves a job where they weren't supposed to do. And the Rebbe goes on to explain also that, you know, the thing is that you see here, there was a problem of going in intoxicated into the Beis HaMikdash, which almost seems to be intoxicated itself is not such a bad thing. It's to go into the Beis HaMikdash while you're intoxicated. That's no good. Rabbi explains that intoxicated means when a person in the metaphorically it means when a person is intoxicated in his understanding in his learning in his appreciation so when a person is using his mind and he's enjoying it and he is it's called intoxicated like the Talmud would say that was a a queen once said one of the rabbis says looks on your face that you're drunk from you. And he says it's because I'm, my study is so fresh in my mind that my face looks like I'm, I'm intoxicated because he was intoxicated with knowledge. He was full with knowledge. So there is one thing to be intoxicated. But then there's another thing is, so in certain, when you're studying, one needs to be studying fully and understand fully and be involved fully. But then, other times, like when you pray to God, when you're in the uh, presence in the Mikdash, when you're in the holy place, over there you have to lose yourself. You can't, you have to subjugate yourself. You have to be in a level not to be intoxicated, not to be full of your own ideas and self and 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 appreciation of of everything that you've accomplished over there you need to lose yourself over there you have to be like a servant in front of the master so basically while intoxication is good and it's good to be when you're learning you have to because you can't just study and say words without really understanding then you're not really doing what you're supposed to but when you come into the mikdash over there uh, you have to um, sort of stand in the level of humility and subjugation to Hashem and um, a yid, Rabbi says, can do both can on one hand be full of understanding and knowledge and really building his own Understand and yet stay humble. How could you do both of them together? Because we're a Ben Melech, we're like a son of a king, we're a Ben Bais, or we're a, 
And again, so there's a lot expected from us. We can do a lot of things. So, so basically, the Rebbe takes this as a lesson that you know uh, we need to learn, we need to understand, but yet always to stay humble and always to stay, especially when it comes to prayer. It comes to other things. You have to sort of at that point you have to be in a way of humility, like a servant for the master. All right.